Welcome to the IoT podcast powered by Paratus People. Be among the first to find out what's happening in the fascinating and growing world of IoT from the industry leaders themselves. Welcome to the IoT podcast show. Uh, today I am joined uh, by Hans Nickel. Uh, Hans is both the uh, Vice President and Head of Open Innovation and the Head of IoT Platform at Signify, formerly known as Philips Lighting. Uh, Signify are obviously a world leader in lighting and Hans has over two decades of experience within lighting technology and is recognised as a real thought leader within this space. Hans, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. Um, for our listeners then, Hans, who maybe aren't aware of Signify or of course Philips Lighting, could you just explain a little bit about your background within the business and your knowledge within lighting technology? No, uh, sure. Um, so first, uh, you know, maybe my background, I'm a chemist actually by background. I joined Philips Lighting in 95, so uh, quite a while back. And, you know, that was a world when lighting was actually, the industry was quite different. There were three, uh, you know, large lighting companies, General Electric, Philips and Osram, you know, then by then uh, owned by Siemens. Today, there's really only one large lighting company left, that's us. Uh, and that company is global. Uh, so we really operate uh, in all uh, major geographies. All the other lighting companies from the past, you know, they have... Uh, veered off to different directions, um, you know, if you if you follow them. Um, and this is because the lighting industry in these last two, uh, more than two decades has really undergone uh, quite a dramatic change. I would uh, say at least two major waves that uh, battled that industry and, uh, you know, really changed the direction, uh, you know, forever, you could say. Uh, the first wave that started in the early 2000s was LED lighting. Uh, and it took us uh, probably till 2015, almost 2020, for, uh, you know, uh, to have its full impact. And the second wave that we started maybe uh, five to seven, eight years ago is connected lighting. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for the introduction. I think just just when you talk about LED lighting there, you know, as a if I take my sort of IoT professional cap off, you know, there's still this uh, convergence of people moving to LED lighting at home, right? Isn't there? You know, there's still a, a lot of people that are are switching bulbs, are switching uh, their actual lighting infrastructure. Um, so it, it it seems as though this this approach um, is 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 a really wide scale approach and, and can probably take some time for the average person to to adopt. Would you say that was correct? That's correct. Uh, you know, when you uh, you know when you started, uh, uh, I said more than twenty years ago, it was a scientific curiosity, and obviously for a young researcher like myself, you know, it was wonderful uh, to get immersed uh, in, into that uh, because on the one hand, you know, we changed from really uh, having a light bulb, the old incandescent bulb. Um, uh, you know, there was in essence a vacuum, right? That was and a wire that we hit, uh, uh, that we uh, heated up to quite a high temperature, to all of a sudden a semiconductor component, and mm -hmm. that component was covered, you know, with what we call a phosphor, so a material that makes out of blue light, white light in essence, and uh, so that change already from, uh, you know, uh, an industry that uh, was basically built on vacuum tubes uh, more than a hundred years ago from Edison, uh, uh, really starting to a semiconductor industry, that's really a fundamental impact. 
And just like you saw with silicon, right, where we uh, are today the beneficiaries of having computers everywhere and smartphones, so was the lighting industry, uh, you know, really uh, rocked um, uh, in its foundation by all of a sudden moving from tubes to semiconductor components. And, you know, today, um, you know, in, in the beginning, it took quite a while uh, to educate the market that uh, such a component, you know, would have such a benefit. But, uh, you know, I would say from probably 2008 onwards, you know, the journey was just uh, a straight line to, uh, back then it was, penetration was literally 0%, uh, you know, 2008. And today, we, uh, you know, we, I think our last quarter we reported uh, uh, way above 80% of what we ship is LED lighting. So the market penetration is completely there. And, uh, you know, funny enough, um, back then in 2008, our CEO uh, of the, uh, at that time really predicted in about 10 years, we will go from zero to literally 80% uh, shipments. And that really happened. Fascinating to see. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, a, which is a great thing in terms of energy consumption and various benefits that it has, right? Um, you, you touched on it in the original answer, but I, I think for most of our listeners and, and, and what I'm keen to really understand is it's just the concept of connected lighting and what that means, um, signify being a world leader in this. Could you just explain in, in, as, in, as, in the simplest terms what that actually means for, for the average consumer? Before I do that, if you don't mind, because you touched on energy consumption. Yes, of course. This would be actually a good for, I think, also our listeners to understand. Um, uh, you know, obviously, having the benefit of LED lighting also uh, came with a huge benefit for uh, global reduction of energy consumption. And the numbers are really uh, staggering. I mean, uh, before LED uh, was there in 2008 or so, 19% of the world energy uh, electricity, actually, sorry, electricity consumption, uh, you know, was for lighting. In uh, um, 2018, I believe, that's the last time we did a bit, an estimate, we're already back to 13%, and it's projected by 2030, we are down to 8%. So from 19 to 8, this is hundreds and hundreds of coal power plants that don't have to be fired up anymore because, you know, all of a sudden the component in the market consumes a lot less energy. So I think I have to say personally, if you ask me what I'm really proud of uh, is that, uh, you know, this industry could contribute so much to reducing, you know, the carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it is staggering, isn't it? And if you think about it, you know, the, the change is, is fundamental. And, it, and it's quite heartwarming to know that 80% of the shipments, as you mentioned, are now LED based. Um, which is, is significant compared to where it would have been a decade ago. Um, so just just on that note, then, so so a lot of what you're doing these days are, are based around connected lighting and and also sort of light fidelity. Could you just explain what that means, Hans? Yes. So as I said, you know, uh, LED is basically beyond us now. Connected lighting and new applications of light is now basically the next journey we are on. So uh, one of these applications, indeed, light fidelity that you uh, mentioned, is a really an absolutely fascinating one because what it means is you can really communicate with light. And, uh, you know, uh, our uh, CEO has uh, really put a stake in the ground to say that uh, Signify should be a company to explore that, uh, you know, vision of having lighting really communicate, uh, you know, to people. In the end of the day. So what is it all about? Well, uh, you know, you have lighting usually uh, on the ceiling um, in a good distance, um, you know, and so it is also a good means of 
using it as a communication network. So, and you need, indeed, as you mentioned before, you first need to connect these lights. And then what you can do is you can, you know, overlay a frequency that can be picked up by a receiver. And then between the frequency of the light that emits and the receiver, let's say your smartphone, you know, you can start communicating. Mm. And it's, it's fascinating in a way because, of course, today there's Wi-Fi and there's uh, 4G and 5G using RF frequencies, but lighting has a much broader spectrum in principle, right, to be used. So we believe moving forward that, uh, uh, you know, Li-Fi or light fidelity has a role to play. It won't substitute, uh, obviously, the existing communication protocols, but it might augment them in a very good way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of talk around that at the moment and um, clearly quite pioneering, isn't it, in terms of the, the capabilities. What does it mean for the, for, the, for, the, you know, for the average consumer, the person at home? What, what does this potential technology mean for them? How can they use that uh, you know, to further enrich their lives? Because at the moment, a lot of people have smart homes, they use various connected devices that they're able to talk to and control their lights, et cetera. But how can this take that forward, perhaps? Well, uh, let's if, if we stay on the uh, on this Li-Fi side, um, you know what we see is uh, first we believe you know the communication will start in special applications, like it's almost always the case. You know, and one of the clear advantages of Li-Fi is security. So if you imagine today, you know, if you're in your home and you have Wi-Fi or in an apartment building, you know, your neighbor can still see your Wi-Fi, uh, uh, you know, network. Uh, in his neighboring apartment. Now, if you haven't secured it well with a password or by other means, then, you know, there's an easy way of tapping in. And while, you know, maybe for private use, that is a nuisance, um, certainly for professional applications is often, uh, you know, a lifeline to be have a secure network. And uh, Li-Fi, because, you know, light is really shielded by the walls, you know, you can really secure it physically extremely well. So we believe that uh, that feature is one that, uh, you know, will be quite beneficial initially, maybe for professional users, but eventually also for consumers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. I'd love to see the developments of that in the future. Um, one, of, one of the key technologies that is in use uh, in IoT in general, uh, and a lot of devices use it, is Zigbee. Um, and obviously the, the whole mesh network inside of Zigbee and, and what, it, what, it can, what it can do. Um, could you talk a little bit about the use of Zigbee uh, within some of the products that uh, Signify is developing and why, as a standard, uh, it is used in-house? I think that's a great question insofar that, uh, you know, it really points to the beginning of the journey when we saw, you know, LED lighting is, is going its way and now we uh, think about connectivity. Then the question indeed comes, what protocol can I use? You know, at the time, and we go, again go back to 2012, maybe 2011, uh, certainly there was Wi-Fi, but Wi-Fi would itself, you know, those chips at the time, they would use a lot of energy. So, you know, it kind of it defeats the purpose. You know, you save all this energy with LED lighting and then, you know, you, you use it up again by making it connected with Wi-Fi. So we were looking, again, that's at the time, uh, at a protocol that was a lot more, um, you know, frugal in its resources. And Zigbee turned out to be an excellent protocol for that. So on the one hand, as said, it was not Wi-Fi, uh, meaning, you know, you could deploy a Zigbee network next to Wi-Fi without much interference. And obviously it was a lot more frugal in its resources um, and energy consumption. Again, at the time, in the meantime, Wi-Fi also has, of course, moved on to be a lot more energy efficient. But um, 
so that's where we started this journey uh, and really equip um, you know consumer lighting and also professional lighting with uh, Zigbee chips. And yeah. uh, not only is uh, the protocol itself uh, pretty uh, well maintained, uh, also you mentioned mesh networking means you know every lighting node, let's say in your home, will you know basically be used to um, proliferate. The network uh, to its neighbors. So that means with a few nodes or a few light bulbs in your home, you know, you have a really stable Zigbee network. I think this is probably well uh, best embodied if you use uh, Philips Hue, which I think many of our listeners, I would assume, know, which is, I think, today probably one of the uh, most prominent uh, connected lighting uh, products in the market. Uh, they use a Zigbee uh, network. And, uh, you know, if um, I have a lot of you myself at home, but if you, uh, you know, put it in, uh, in, you start maybe in your hallway or in your kitchen and then, you know, you need a, a bridge because uh, Zigbee is uh, then basically produced by that uh, Hue bridge, um, you really create a very stable network. Uh, so there is, I have to say, you know, whenever I uh, switch the light on or I use my app or, you know, you can couple it now with Alexa, it just works. I have to say, that's the nice thing. Uh, because, you know, it is really a separate entity that's just devoted and dedicated to lighting. So I think this is a great uh, feature that is certainly uh, very, um, I would uh, I would assume, beneficial for a home user. But uh, you can also imagine we also roll it out in professional in office environments, you know, in hotels and so on, where, you know, it's even more uh, uh, mandatory, right, that uh, the light goes on when you want to go it on or you know you dim and it has to dim uh, at this very moment so stability and um, let's say the independence of external influences is a, is a strong feature of a, a mesh network yeah yeah absolutely i think i think you're right you know we we we've got to the point now where without being able to communicate with uh, you know devices like alexa and, and other competing um, products um, that would really would be taking a backward step, um, and, and and mesh networking has got to the point with adaptive Wi-Fi that you know really there shouldn't be you know dead spots in a house anymore, and that combined with uh, adoption of uh, high-speed fiber internet to, to many homes and seeing speeds now readily accessible of you know 900 megabits and more to the to the consumer, which five years ago would be very difficult to get. get difficult to get as a business let alone on a lease line or something coming into the into the into the premises um it, it's really evolved where this is because of course with a mesh you may lose slight uh throughput as you as you connect more nodes and what have you but that combination of having that higher speed coming into the house combined with all of these devices connected i think i think it's absolutely fantastic um we we spoke a little bit earlier about energy usage and, and i know that we, we had a, a short conversation before we started filming about um some some previous podcasts and 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 really waste right and how and how certain companies are producing iot solutions to, to eliminate waste and i think this is something that you wanted to touch on right so specifically with, with, with how this technology and how the involvement here could help. Could you talk a little bit about that, Hans? Yeah, so obviously, uh, again, you know, the, the starting point is, uh, you know, that we can avoid, first of all, a lot of electricity consumption. Yes. Uh, our company has really taken on uh, also that we as a company become carbon neutral. And since last September, actually, we're one of the very few companies completely carbon neutral already. So I'm wow. very to say. 
But obviously, it's one thing, you know, as a company to be carbon neutral, but also the other one is we want to make impact with our products. And I think that's indeed what you and I talked about before. And one, I think, good example is um, if you take, uh, for example, take food production, right, just off um, take um, vegetables, you know, that you buy at the groceries every day. Uh, you know, from the where they are produced to until, you know, they land on your table, the average waste is 40 percent. Mm. That is really if you look at, uh, you know, different um, uh, reports, you know, you always find that kind of number back. And that's a tremendous amount of waste, right, from where you grow to where you, uh, where you eat it. And, uh, you know, one of the trends is certainly um, to produce also uh, food closer to home, basically, sometimes even in the supermarkets. You know, we call this like vertical farming. There are many startups in that area and we connect to a lot of them. There's a lot of activity actually in the UK. Uh, which is quite exciting. And, uh, you know, uh, lighting, again, has a strong contribution there because assume you grow vegetables in, uh, in, a, in a, a warehouse or, you know, directly almost in the supermarket, you need lighting. And we have a large division on what we call horticulture lighting, where we bring the right light um, to the vegetables to grow under almost ideal conditions. And, you know, while that in itself is... Um, you know, already uh, because that lighting is also very energy savvy is a nice thing. But, you know, we avoid indirectly then by doing so all this waste of transport. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fantastic. Some of the initiatives there. you talk about some companies in the UK. We know of some we work with some who are involved with vertical farming um, and the sheer uh, amount that can be produced. Uh, without requiring so much land is, is is really phenomenal. But of course, a lot of this hinges upon the correct lighting, the correct, uh, uh, you know, photosynthesis that needs to be taking place during, uh, you know, the, the, the crop cycle, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Something I wanted to touch on as well uh, is obviously being the pandemic has been quite a driver for new technologies in general. And it's really kind of changed everything in how people uh, perceive technology, use technology and how we interact with it. Um, one of the things that uh, I'm curious about is, is, is UVC lighting, actually, um, and, and how that can be deployed and, and what that can be done post-pandemic as well in terms of, um, you know, uh, both within a health and safety point of view, but other use cases. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that, Hans. No, sure. Uh, first, let me say, obviously, we discussed just before this podcast, right, uh, that the pandemic has, I think, hit us all extremely hard, right? And I have to say, I'm also in that sense proud that, uh, you know, uh, we, as a company, we tried to first put, you know, the life of our employees as uh, number one priority and the security and safety. Um, but obviously beyond that, also try to contribute, right, to, um, you know, reduce the impact and the spread of the pandemic. And as you say, indeed, um, you know, uh, UV lighting for disinfection is a powerful uh, contributor to simply reduce, um, you know, viral um, uh, spread uh, in, you know, places where we all, uh, uh, you know, congregate or, uh, you know, uh, get together. And uh, so uh, we looked at this space, uh, obviously, since uh, early uh, last year. 
and see, you know, where could we make an impact? And one is, you know, where you could basically say, I directly illuminate uh, surfaces to disinfect. But then usually uh, because it's UVC light, you know, people must not be present. So you can do this in the absence of, of people. And there are quite a number of products uh, that, uh, you know, we uh, support like robots, et cetera, that, you know, go into uh, cleaning cycles, let's say in hospitals or in hotels or, you know, many places when people are not present. And then, you know, you simply disinfect um, you know, uh, spaces or uh, the surfaces. Um, and uh, the other part is, you know, can we find a solution when, when people are present? And so there is one uh, that we currently, uh, you know, uh, start installing, which is what we call upper air disinfection, where, you know, you have basically a, what we call a luminaire on the ceiling that, uh, you know, uh, radiates um, uh, UVC light. And, you know, by air convection, the uh, air that might contain a virus, you know, moves up and is disinfected in a very short time and then, you know, uh, uh, falls down again. And then you basically over time with um, actually a fairly short time, you get clean air. We have actually shown uh, in a test with Boston University that, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the COVID, the real COVID virus can be uh, disinfected in, in seconds, actually. Uh, you know, by uh, UVC light of a certain dose. Now, if you translate that, as said, you know, into real applications, that means, you know, that if you have a, a robot disinfecting surfaces or what I mentioned with upper air, you know, you can disinfect a room, uh, you know, to a very high level within minutes, um, sometimes 15 minutes or so if you have a room, uh, you know, and this is quite um, substantial. Now, you mentioned also, obviously, you have the current pandemic, to many customers that we have talked, they already look beyond and say, you know, while hopefully with uh, vaccination, you know, might, we might get over it. But they say, if we have learned one thing, we need to secure our buildings, we need to secure our environment, make it safe for potential future threats. Uh, so I think uh, this is a portfolio that we believe, you know, will be there to stay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really staggering, isn't it? Because you know, one of the last things I was going to talk to you about is the future of lighting industry, but I think we're touching on this now, right? The, the fact that, you know, UV lighting can, uh, combined with a smart building approach, and when we talk about smart buildings, everything from utilities, heating, lighting, of course, um, uh, to, to airflow. And, and then that's really interesting, the fact that you can use convection-based systems to take air pull it through a UV sanitization process and, and, and reduce, again, from a consumption point of view, the um, uh, renewables, li liquids and, um, and surface cleaners and what have you, which are, are, are clearly have a, an associated cost with them um, and, um, and do it in a clean and less cluttered way. And, and certainly that must be something that businesses would be looking to, to do and try and implement for the well-being and security of their staff um, moving forward. Um, I mean, it's not touching on the fact that, you know, um, there's going to be more home working in the future and what have you, but but I think it's widely considered now that businesses will have a base, albeit people will come and go as they please. Um, but it's very interesting to know uh, that that technology is there. And do, do, do you see that as, as something that's going to be taking shape pretty soon and then a lot more um, larger organizations would be looking for systems like this? Is, is it happening today, Hans? Yeah, so one uh, maybe application that, you know, we all enjoy already today is your drinking water because, mm. and uh, even the wastewater, because that is already treated today uh, in many places with UV uh, lighting, you know, to get the germs out. 
But, you know, as you said, now moving to uh, spaces, it's obviously a slow process because you can imagine you need a lot of uh, certification by uh, government bodies, you know, standardization. So it's the typical process, you know, to get it eventually to building codes. But, uh, you know, we see quite some uh, bold first customers that say, look, I want to uh, go beyond that and just, uh, you know, get started. And, you know, we have a number of examples for supermarkets that say, you know, let's just uh, try it out, uh, you know, see how it works, um, you know, and see the measurable effect. And so this is where we are now. And not only us as, as, as Signify, but, uh, you know, obviously our, um, uh, you know, other colleagues in the lighting industry and in the adjacent industries to really penetrate uh, that market on, on, on all these angles, basically, of, uh, you know, where disinfection can be applied. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've said it before on this show, but uh, and it's a phrase that I've used a lot, but within difficulty lies opportunity, right? Um, and, and, and I don't mean that just in a commercial sense. I mean that in a true well-being, health and safety perspective, you know, uh, for, the, for, for, for good. And I'm a big fan of tech for good in general, in the fact that we can create solutions that enrich people's lives and, and secure them against vulnerabilities. Be that may, you know, a pandemic or, or, or other aspects. Um, in your opinion, Hans, and of course, you know, I don't want you to reveal too many trade secrets, of course, and I'm sure, and I'm sure, you, and you're sure you can't. But what can we expect to see in the future in terms of lighting technology, um, aside, obviously, of UV tech used to, uh, to, to sanitize air? Is there anything that's on the horizon at the moment that perhaps could be really interesting for our listeners to, to hear about? Well, I would say... Uh... For me, frankly, um, next to what the examples we have talked is really if you just forward and see what, uh, you know, connected lighting uh, can do uh, in, into the future. You know, if you imagine that you have these powerful sensors that are powered by, uh, it can be powered by connected lighting and what they enable downstream, you know, the data that can be uh, collected and then can be uh, combined, you know, with data from other sources. I think uh, that is something where I personally see uh, a lot of, uh, you know, very beneficial innovation coming along and we have just started. So yeah. if you look at the penetration of, you know, where we are today uh, in any of these spaces, smart city, uh, industry 4.0, you know, there's so much to be gained by simply improving uh, processes, you know, uh, indoor, outdoor, by having uh, sensors around. Um, Obviously, we have to be, you know, have to have high standards on security, which we do. Uh, but, uh, you know, the best is yet to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hans, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you ever so much. I know your time is super precious and uh, it's, it's been really insightful. I'm, I'm, I'm really keen to, to see what happens in the future of lighting technology and, and certain uh, products that may come out from the technology that you guys are developing at the moment and that are researching. Um, so perhaps in the future, you know, in a year or two's time, um, it would be lovely to get you back on the show and start to talk about where things are at that point. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me and uh, thank you, um, you know, for, for your time as well. You're welcome. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for more episodes in the IoT podcast the leading podcast among the IoT community.